everyone. This is Phoenix, and I'm with Mark. And today we're going to be talking about Silence of the Lambs. Want to tell us what we're talking about? Oh yeah. Um, okay. First impressions of the three main characters, how they changed, and our views on them by the end of the movie. Cool. So I wanted to actually focus on just three characters since they're kind of central to the whole thing, and we're going to go in order of appearance. So it's going to be Clarice. Then Hannibal and finally Buffalo Bill. So to start off, why don't we talk about Clarice and how she entered the movie? I thought it was interesting because she was wearing a sweatshirt. And I mean, throughout the movie, she was sexualized in an interesting way. Like as she was running back, uh, when she was running at one point on a track, a lot of guys looked right back at her as if they were looking at her... um, I guess. Her buttocks. We'll fix that later. As they portrayed her in the first part of the movie, she wasn't sexualized at all. She was just wearing normal clothing, mm-hmm. like just a sweater with like an Academy logo on it. Yeah. Um, so yeah. basically, when we first saw her, she's literally just running through a course, and we learn later on she's like an FBI agent. And yeah, that's definitely shows that more later on or throughout the movie, actually. It's like, okay, how are people actually perceiving her, treating her, all that kind of stuff? So yeah. I think that's kind of like one of the main things at least as a theme that we can tackle later on. So moving on, let's just actually jump to the point where Clarice meets Hannibal, and that's how we meet him as well. So it's literally shot through her perspective. You know, like the camera seemed like her eyes, how we felt or to have everyone look at us in that way. I think it's also important to note how she's dressed every time she meets Hannibal. She's always dressed in something very formal. She was always dressed mm-hmm. in something formal as if the show, you know, I'm not someone to be messed with. I... I am an FBI agent, and while I am a newbie, because in the movie she is a newbie, she was assigned this as her first assignment, as, you know, not a formidable person of the FBI, I should not be treated any differently. And I believe during their conversation she does state that um, you can determine for yourself if I'm someone you should hold to, like, a high regard. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of concludes. So for, for now, let's move on to Hannibal. Our first impression through the lens of, uh, you know, Clarice. We see him standing still, just looking not even blinking. And I yeah. think one of the things you're noticing is like how the depth in his eyes, the shadows it already casts. And that's just kind of, it's creepy. I think it's also important to note how the shot was taken because uh, they they showed each person in their cells sort of being crazy-like or I, I guess the way most people think of a serial killer is just like this psychotic maniac. And then it pans over to him and he's just this figure standing straight in his cell, smiling at you you know, not moving at all. And I think it just shows how looks can be deceiving. I think there's actually like a meta element. So while she's walking through this room full of men of, <laughs> of you know, yeah, yeah. men in their cells, there's a lot of buildup. And I feel depending on your context with the person Hannibal, we're like, okay, who is it going to be? So there's buildup first with the audience. Like finally, we've been told about this person right from the beginning of the story. And finally we see him. And then we finally get on to talking about how he speaks. So why don't you talk a bit about that, Mark? He holds himself in a very interesting way because he is a psychiatrist, you know. So every way he phrases his sentences, he's always trying to get to the next way to get into his, you know, his victim's mind. Whenever he wanted information from someone that he was talking to, generally he would ask for some information in return about them personally. As as the film goes throughout, everyone always used Hannibal in a way to sort of gain more information on um, the main antagonist, which we will talk Mm -hmm. about later, Buffalo Bill. But at first, whenever someone asked him something, like in her first encounter, he didn't ask for much in return. He mostly just wanted to manipulate her. I don't think he knew he'd be seeing her again. But after the second encounter, he immediately asked her about her personal life and the most traumatic event of Mm -hmm. her life 
immediately to get into her mind. And he gave this sort of back and forth emotional battering. But the second time she went, we hear about how somebody went to go talk to Hannibal and killed themselves the next time. I, I feel like it's important to note that killing people isn't just, you know, actually physically killing them, but you can emotionally batter them to the point where they're so emotionally, you know, hurt that they will actually kill themselves. I think that's an important thing to note as well. I think that's the main element he brings to the movie is that that's where the psychological horror kind of comes from so it gives us a bit of context as well of like his uh past position as like a psychiatrist why he even knows about the details of the characters discussed later on i think he was put up on a pedestal in a sense like is this the guy he's already caught first impression right and then later on i think the real reveal here is clarice was actually used by her fbi team to play a game so she was no one told her some information so he could not feel like he was being used immediately so it's like this whole thing is mind games that's all it is with him and throughout the film he's you know yeah. he's sharing information getting information and even lying occasionally so i find for, if anything to summarize even just from our first impressions is we know he's a cunning individual who manipulates others and often in a really dark way but off appearance just real quick to talk about some actual physical traits instead of just the way he spoke he's always smiling and he always has his hair slicked back. If you noticed each encounter, mm. it feels like he always gets closer. In a previous, in the next one that you see him in, he's in the dark. Whenever he actually starts to like get involved in a conversation, you always see him walk forward. And the way they compose the shots is the lighting makes it so that you don't mm -hmm. see his eyes until he gets completely up close. I feel like it's almost a way to intimidate people because you can't see what's actually coming towards you yet. I think mm. for some people watching this, it might trigger a fear of like, I don't know what's coming at me. Yeah. I need to know like what his actual, you know, because a lot of humans base a lot of their in first interactions off of facial features. Yeah, so if you kind of person cast in shadows. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> You don't yeah. know anything about him. Exactly. Um, I guess also touching on that for a final note on Hannibal is the most important thing I feel is how he's treated in his cell. So he does get special privileges at times. So he has like, he's really good at art and, of course, later on in the movie, you hear him listening to classical music, eating refined food, having yeah. a ra rather, like, intelligent way of speaking. So this all plays into his first impression. And I think contrasting that, if we flip it all the way over there, yeah. later on a character, Buffalo Bill. Tell me your thoughts on him. Um, I think at first, personally, I thought he was going to be a side character because I both of us went into this film knowing nothing, just to clarify for people who, you know, weren't there, obviously. But, um... I thought that from everyone talking about Hannibal Lecter and his performance by Anthony Hopkins, that he was going to be like the main villain. But my first impression was that this was a side character that was just going to be some cliche catch. And then, you know, um, Hannibal was going to be the real bad guy. Mm -hmm. And maybe he was in cahoots with him, somehow contacting him or you know, something along those lines. So I didn't think that Buffalo Bill was going to be an important character. I thought that he was just an unintelligent hillbilly who was like maybe a wannabe of um, Hannibal Lecter mm. and just in his shadow. He was wearing a lot of like cut sleeve shirts. What do you think? I thought they were like roll-ups or something. I didn't think too much. <laughs> something to... like that, yeah. Yeah, um, either way. Um, I think the main thing is, so there's like that comparison element. It's like his way of speaking, it's a lot different. I think how we were introduced to him is with uh, the character that he eventually like captures. We see him trying to push a a couch into his van trying to get another person involved he and also had a bandaged arm as well to yes. sort of add on to that go ahead yeah um so, so that's like a part of his appearance how we meet him dark of the night you know so it is kind of creepy still unknown we don't really know his intentions and of course it's i think with his character like beyond just 
his placement as a side character or not. I think what was highlighted was the creepy factor in terms of his attention to skin. And of course, that's his whole deal. But yeah. it's like, what shirt size? And he's literally feeling her back as she's knocked out in his van. And yeah. then, of course, later on, it's literally like, put lotion on your skin or something like <laughs> yeah. that. The way he yells, like he's so much more reactive in comparison to the more composed and calculating Mm-hmm. Hannibal Lecter. And we also learn later on that the way he notes his signature killings is he um, will cut um, whatever shirt the victim is wearing, usually a girl, though. He'll cut the dress or overshirt, and then he'll throw it outside of wherever he captured them, and he'll just drive off. Mm-hmm. So, And that was something that was also portrayed and shown as he was like caressing her back and such because he keeps their backs as, um, I guess, treasures. <laughs> well, okay, no, he wanted... Is he wanted to like wear them? I think. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's, so it's that's not fair. just a treasure. Like, yeah. Because like, I guess it was also noted that serial killers will keep like trophies and such. But I guess that wasn't really a trophy. It was something he used for body appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Something like that. Anyway, so I think that wraps up our like impressions, especially the context given like later on in the movie. Um, I think bringing it back, let's talk about like the journey. So we already talked about the sexualization of like Clarice, for example. How like we felt, because <laughs> it felt yeah. like the movie was making it about like being in her shoes so we felt throughout the movies like the eyes on us in that sense or like the eyes on Clarice we empathize her she's clearly like someone we root for regardless if we like her or not I think in the end she's up against everything she's interacting with Hannibal she's literally just a student she has like everything that can go wrong and and she's also fighting to be prominent um, throughout the film, there's another character that's just a side character. He's like the guy who actually lets her into the cell of Hannibal Lecter. He's constantly listening into like, their conversations and oh, later on yeah. uses, um, uses... Frederick something. Yeah, I don't remember his name. I don't know. He was kind of... But talks. So I didn't really <laughs> like him. But he uses a technique that she was using to get information from him. And then you later on see him being harassed by the paparazzi and getting in an interview because of what he did to, you know, get Hannibal Lecter to speak because he eventually gives him a name because of what he did. But he used her strategies after listening in to get that information. So she's constantly making this clash of dealing with other people trying to take credit for her and trying to make relevance to her name as an FBI agent mm-hmm. throughout this film. And I think we sort of realize how much she's fighting that but her boss is also every time I thought that she was really fighting that her boss would come in and sort of make it a lot easier on her Mm. anyway go ahead yeah touching on as well as like okay how does she dress she's always like you know very professional how does she use her voice that was literally pointed out in the dialogue between her and Hannibal like her voice so she actually comes from probably like a lower income background so she she was associated with like white trash you know quote marks yeah. uh, so she's constantly had to like assert herself to be professional and i guess that's kind of like the take throughout the whole journey and i guess later on we just see her you know living up to her potential constantly and of course eventually she does get the credit that's kind of like the take throughout the whole journey and i guess later on we just see her you know living up to her potential constantly and of course eventually she does get the credit but before we go on that we can talk about Hannibal and how he changes especially on those iconic scenes yeah I think let's talk about um, the scene where he's in the cell and he's started to manipulate her I guess actually let's talk about the second or yeah, third yeah so like later on yes. in the movie so um, on Cl- Clarice's second encounter with Hannibal um, he really starts the cause that manipulation that I was hitting on earlier where he sort of starts to use that um, psychiatrist sort of background to get to her emotionally. When she starts to ask him for information on names and such, he says, before I share any information with you, I want to know a little about you. And then he asks, 
what was your worst fear? And then they go off of each other, and then the camera shots change as he becomes a little higher up, and then it zooms mm. in, and then he, he does this thing where an actor will look down and look up at the person to sort of make them look more intense. It's a technique that a lot of actors will use to look mm-hmm. more intense in those sort of, you know, villain roles. Yeah. And part of you wants him to escape because you think he's kind of cool because he gives a sort of aura, in my opinion, because I find a lot of uh, creepy things very dark and cool, like, you know. I kind of got that vibe from him and almost like a vampire vibe because, you know, he eats other people and he he just sort of is able to manipulate humanity in a way that I think a vampire would also be able to sort of hip, you know, hypnosis in a way because Mm -hmm. he's able to get into their minds and use them in these ways. Yeah. And I guess my take. So, Mm -hmm. okay, I want to give some context, too. So I'm actually I've been a fan of the Hannibal series. I know it started like as a book and I was a fan of the TV series I think there's like a meta element too it was like oh man <laughs> the grandeur you are constantly rooting for him in a sense like yeah like wow what's he going to do next um I just want to point that out as why partially and of course like the time it comes out it's at the time when people are like fans of serial killers for whatever reason you know they're like mm-hmm. rooting for them and there's just like this little thing you know <laughs> why is it there why are we doing this i always think there's an element of that i think this eventually stood out like whether you wanted him out or not what ended up happening is he played one of the biggest i don't know <laughs> what, what would you call it when he played he, a very big something role? unexpected you know you can't you couldn't have predicted it he of how he escaped, which is he was in his cell. It was a plot twist. Yeah, it was a plot twist. That's the word. Yeah. So he had it planned. He had like, okay, the table was covered with his drawings. The food was being brought in. So some security guards came in. They were bringing him some food and he took something out of his mouth, I believe. It was like a metal piece or something. And he used some sleight of hand. I don't know where he got it from, but he used some sleight of hand to hide it behind his back and he has hands positioned behind his back as they came into the cell. And then he sort of hid it between his fingers and then they handcuffed him and he used his drawings on the table so that when they had to set down the food he'd have more time to pick the lock on his cuffs they set it down there was sort of that transition period and then he makes this great escape which was shocking and unexpected yeah. and he picks it off and then he attacks them and then you heard earlier in the film how he ate this person's face when yeah. they're trying to serve him food and then okay. he eats a person's face let's and... just put a pause there okay when the <laughs> you know the police finally came in and even the audience was in disbelief like okay well of course Hannibal took a chunk out of that guy's face during that previous interaction. Mm-hmm. So they literally thought this police guard was dying. You know, it's like, of course, the bloody face. It was him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you, we all thought. And then, of course, throughout it, we see that Hannibal's missing. He's still in the building somewhere. They go into the elevator, see blood dripping. So they, you know, all the guards are out there yeah. uh, waiting, quiet. They check finally. Shoot, even shoot the the leg to double check if it's a fake or not. Like, okay, this guy's dressed as Hannibal, and no, the grand reveal was that he was wearing the face of the other person. He was found in the ambulance, and yeah, he definitely he was um he was wearing the face of the previous security guard, and then he pops up, and I believe it supposedly leads on to us thinking that he attacked the person in the ambulance, but it's this big reveal, and no one expected. I think both me and Phoenix sort of gasp in awe in yeah. the moment. And I think, okay, so the reason why we're telling you this, like, this was such, like, a cool plot twist, or at least this this is what stood out most. There's other scenes, of course, but I think at this point, if you're, like, off or on regarding, like, Hannibal, he pulled off such, like, a cool and, of course, a bad, uh, (laughs) you know, game, you know, uh, fooled everyone. He got away at the end. I think... Just the level of intelligence throughout it, there's like a part of like, wow, maybe maybe he deserved to be free in some way. I, I think it was interesting as well because 
Um, at first, I was kind of wondering where they were going with the security, because they had the security guards wandering around the building, and, you know, the, the person who they're supposed supposedly be like having this fight with is not like notable anywhere. And they're just showing people who've already been injured and they're showing, you know, the scenery of someone being killed, like a Jack the Ripper sort of scene where somebody's mm-hmm. hanging from the ceiling and blah, blah, blah. And he like skins out and you're just like wondering where actually is he? And then they're like putting more suspense of maybe this is him. Maybe this is him. Is this body him? Is this body yeah. him? And then snap, we see him actually in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a very nice buildup. And I think it was a great plot twist. I, I think that kind of, this, you know, summarizes at least for this midpoint of the movie. Um, Hannibal. I think finally we'll touch on Buffalo Bill before wrapping up with our yeah. thoughts by the end of it. So at this point in the movie, we've sort of been given the information that Buffalo Bill um, tried to change his gender at three different hospitals and he couldn't. And he's become much a much more prominent figure in the movie. You've now discovered that Buffalo Bill is the enemy and that Hannibal Lecter is actually sort of this figure who people are using to get more information on Buffalo Bill. He possibly knows his name. He knows he had met him at one point learned a lot more about him and, you know, psychoanalyzed him so they can get some serious information on him. Can I share some speculation real quick? So how we know the connection, so the reason why Hannibal has information on Buffalo Bill in the first place is that he's a psychiatrist and he used to be a patient. And we know, as we discussed, he literally drove someone to suicide before. So I wonder if he had, like, a role to play with how bad the mental health of this person got. But, yes, throughout the movie, we finally know that he's, like, the main villain, as mentioned before. I think one of his main scenes, I think, that showcases at the most is when he was literally wearing like a woman's scalp and was yeah. dancing, I suppose, while someone of, was screaming in the background. Definitely, definitely. He was sort of like dressing himself up, just sort of saying that he was the sexy figure. I'm sexy. I would have sex with me. I would have sex with me and sort of dancing in the, in the figure while a victim in the background is screaming. So it sort of gave it yeah. this suspense. Yeah, and... she was trying to get the dog too. So yeah, I yeah. think we could discuss that part. Like <laughs> eventually she managed to pull in the dog down there. Just to say, yeah. Buffalo Bill's dog, for yeah. those without he context. He has a dog. He has a dog. <laughs> it's, his so cute little, it's his cute little puppy. It is adorable. It was yeah. a, um, I don't remember what kind of dog it was. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I don't know. We, we thought two different things. So you thought that she was starving so much that she wanted to eat the dog. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. And I thought she was just trying to use it to leverage her escape. Maybe it was both. <laughs> Who no, knows? No, you were right. But I think yeah, you were right. Yeah. So I guess that was something. Um, He had a... It's clear he had an attachment to the dog, but either way, regardless, he had this thing with moths that was revealed. Oh, he had this God. thing into transformations. Yeah, so, the moth thing. Oh, so there was like bugs. symbolism there, but it was just like his house was just a mess. There was bugs in there. He had this and underground this, layer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And at this midpoint in the movie, they had dissected a body sort of. They were like examining a body and... They opened up the mouth of the body, and they showed some. They showed everybody's impression of seeing the body outright. So you're, you're getting this suspense of buildup and buildup of what does it look like? What does it look like? And they show the body, and like, what's in his mouth? And they reach inside his mouth and pull <laughs> out this moth cocoon. You're like, what the heck? What's going on here? And then they go get it studied, and they're like, someone must have bred these moths. And they pan yeah. to this scene of Buffalo Bill in the basement, just like breeding these like Asian moths. And oh, if you. If it, it, it plays on disgust horror in a way that was really interesting to me. Yeah, that was like consistent throughout. It's like the bodies, yeah, the autopsies, the bugs. The yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's definitely something that just makes you shudder. Anyway. I guess uh, another thing would be um, I think another iconic scene specific to Buffalo Bill and another last 
impression, I suppose, on him is the fact that when they tried to find his house, it was actually Calaris who managed to get the location right, but she didn't know oh, it. Yeah. So there was like a bunch of clues. She eventually caught on, but he was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> helping her out find this previous... I think previous... that definitely leads us into yeah. um, our changing impressions on this. So at the end of the movie, they sort of, um, she, they had these two different shots going where Clarice was walking up to a house and the FBI agents had gotten the information from um, Hannibal and back and forth, back and forth, showing this really beautiful house and the inside of this just horrifying, like almost haunted house looking, I think you described mm-hmm. it as, house. And then we get to the climax and they open the door and Clarice is actually at the right house unknowingly yeah. trying to look into it. And I think at this point, everybody's sort of rooting for Clarice and is just yes. on edge by the fact that we're talking to this serial killer who's... Oh, yeah. It's just the, the audience I- knew. <laughs> the absolute irony of just yeah. watching her talk to the main like villain when she thinks that they're totally fine. Because before this, her boss had called her on the phone and said, we found out his location. Everything's fine. We got it under control. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, but I'm going to keep looking into it. Yeah. Um, I guess at that point, it's like, well, she did catch on. She pulled her weapon. He escaped. I think the main scene here is she's in the dark now. <laughs> you know, she can't see a single thing. We see him wearing those, uh, what were they called? Like, oh. to see in the dark. Oh, the he was wearing the night vision goggles. Night yeah, vision. Yeah. So he was wearing night vision. We're literally seeing, this is the first time we see, I mean, maybe, I forgot there's another, but we see from his perspective just how he'd look at a woman, what he wants, reaching out, trying to feel her. Yeah. I think that was like a really strong moment. And of course, by time, like, you know, the I didn't gun see sound, it as that. right? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so at, at that build-up moment, um, he was sort of reaching out to her, reaching out, and like he was just sort of, I felt it as it was like a snake stalking his prey almost, or mm-hmm. like maybe an animal, as she sort of looks like almost in just animal representation, like mm-hmm. a bunny scared, shaking her gun back and forth. But at the last moment, Bill cocks his gun about to shoot her after, you know, yeah. sort of hunting his prey. And then she immediately, because of her training, because of this buildup, because we see her training in the beginning of the movie, she immediately hears the sound and starts shooting him. And the, for some reason, the lights turn on. I didn't really get yeah, that continuity. Yeah, that was but, probably a <laughs> But um, he's dead on the ground, and yay, the yeah. hero stopped. It, it was basically a switch. Uh, mm-hmm. This whole time, we're seeing her in this really hard situation. You know, we're, everyone's doubting her. Of course, she perseveres. She becomes, she's not really a predator. She just succeeds. She beats, you know, the one who's, like, after her. You also know? to note, when she first met him, she slowly figured out that he was Bill, and as she goes to like you know arrest him he runs off and then we sort of see her slowly discovering the victim you know seeing his actual environment and we get some sort of spook from the actual environment of what he's been doing down there you see mm-hmm. his little moth farm which is really creepy you see all the skin and the clothes that he dresses up and then you see the pit where the victim is in and where is he where is he i can't find him around all these mm-hmm. corners because she's constantly using her training jumping around each corner trying to see where he is it's very intense and yeah. it makes you really want to root for her because yeah. you're constantly wanting this bad you know this bad um um antagonist to be taken out because you don't want her to die yeah so I guess that kind of leads into our final takes on this movie, at least in their impressions of the characters. Definitely. So throughout this movie, again, Clarice is just like bottom to the top. It, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know how to explain <laughs> it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she has her heroic moment. She's awarded for it. She gets all of the credit finally. Mm-hmm. That um, she deserves. Yeah, totally, it, was, totally. it was just amazing. So she got what she deserved. And of course, then Bill, Buffalo Bill, he got what he deserved. Like, no one's upset that the fact that he's dead, you know, it's like finally justice has been served. But mm-hmm. the one thing I think is most interesting to talk about is how Hannibal got away and just like what you thought about that. Oh, yeah. At the so, end, of um, 
he gives her a call at the end and talks to her on the phone. I think I don't know how she would have got how he would have gotten her number, but I mean he gets her number somehow mm-hmm. and he calls her on the phone and I don't remember exactly what he said. Do you remember what he said? I <laughs> we were so dazed from how yeah. was well like, there's wow. this big buildup. She's super happy and then she gets this call from the other you know supposed possibly future antagonist like just sort of egging her on, I think, in a way. And then he ends the phone call and he's in this completely different country surrounded by these people. Yeah. And he's in a suit and tie. Yeah. And my first assumption was like, how did he get there? Well, I assume he probably killed a bunch of people and took their stuff and is just like sort of yeah. hunting around again. Uh, I mean, that, that's basically it. He gets away. He's, and um, mm-hmm. I guess before we like finish everything off, I just kind of want to talk a bit about like the comparison between how why we view Hannibal as someone who's like we're rooting for a little bit versus Buffalo Bill and I I guess I wanted to start off there like I thought of it more as like a how we profile people so throughout this whole video or whole this whole podcast we're talking about our impressions of these characters and the way the lens you know how we see them and I feel like this whole thing is about like how people like Buffalo Bill for being like a trans person struggling in a system is automatically uh even though they're both villains in a sense he's treated worse we're happier for his demise at least this is how the movie's manipulating you to feel and then we have hannibal lecter who has like a lot of these like qualities that we deem desirable in some ways you know he's like white a male he talks really (laughs) nice you know at least in terms of privilege you know what i mean i Um, saw it on a more light of yeah um, so i wanted to know here yours in comparison to mine i saw so you saw it through more of a um, due to him being trans, I saw it more on an t- intelligence scale. So, I the way you first see Buffalo Bill is he's he looks very hillbillyish, and usually when people see the hillbillies, they think unintelligent. And when you first see Hannibal Lecter, you're seeing all these crazy psycho killers, and then it leads up to him, and he's just this proper guy mm-hmm. who like actually knows how to formulate yeah. his words. And I think you sort of join his side because you like how intelligent he is, how he structures, and how he doesn't just blatantly kill. He does it in a very interesting way, but. At the same time, you're praising his intelligence when, you know, both people are people. You yeah, know? You oh, and that's what I mean. Um, I yeah. don't, it's not that I think it's because he's trying to, no, I just no, no, think totally. some people are like, <laughs> no, I, it's all good. It's just, again, some qualities are more desirable than others. That's kind of the whole thing and why some people get away with it and we're fine with it. So I feel like if you think about this movie by the end of it, you can feel like, actually, you know what? This is wrong. They've both done some terrible things. Hannibal probably, he doesn't deserve to get away. You know, he's yeah. still a very horrible person. For and sure, yeah. I guess that's kind of like where I wanted to wrap up personally and just reflecting on the movie and how everything you feel about these characters, even how we felt about it from getting middle to end, it was intentional on the movie's part, I feel. Yeah. And I think that's a good note to wrap up on. I think we've mm-hmm. addressed a decent amount of topics. I think if you have any interesting takes, I would love to hear about it. I don't know if we're going to add in any place to do that, but uh, thanks for listening and... Um, Appreciate you listening for this long since this is our first episode. I don't know if we'll do any more, but uh, yeah, I think it's a good note to wrap up. Any any last thoughts? Um, any any hot takes on the movie that you want to quickly say? Like, oh wait, I think I actually have a hot take. Do, do you mind if I share? Yeah, just just go for it. Okay. You can wrap this so, up. So, <laughs> um, that they had um, I, I think during the movie you addressed this, but um. When the victim, the girl who was taken by Buffalo Bill, was in the actual pit and being tortured, when the girl walked in, she was cussing and screaming at her to get (laughs) out. And I was so upset about it because I was like, that's not how you react. Why are you so upset about this? And then you immediately said, like, something. Yeah, my take was like, okay, well, if you're, you're, I think one of the things is like, okay, when you're in a victim situation, you know, a lot of 
bad shit's happening yeah. to you. I mean, you can react however you want. Of course, it's probably not going to be in your best interest, probably. But I wouldn't judge her for that specifically, you know? Yeah. I, I okay, just, that's a hot take right there. No, no, it's totally fine. Because I just felt like in a situation like that, you'd be like trying to be nice and plead to them. I mean, personally, that's how I took. And then you immediately were like, okay, hold on. Put yourself in her shoes. You know, you've been starved and tortured in this basement by this serial killer you're not going to be like oh please will you please help me be like can get me the out of here yeah yeah okay okay that's a wrap everyone thanks for watching tune in for the next episode or don't it might not happen bye bye